I'm going to do something a little differently. Instead of starting off by reading a, uh, a text, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to read a, uh, I guess what is, I think, considered to be a children's story, I think. Um, but nevertheless, it may be an odd starting point, or at least it seems a little odd to me, but, but I think it's a good starting point. Once upon a time, there was a little chicken, and everybody called him. Do the four people here want to take a guess? Hey, ding, 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 ding. Chicken Little. And one day, while he was out walking, up in the sky, a bird flew over and it dropped an acorn, and the acorn fell down and bip-bopped him on his head. Chicken Little said, oh, and looked up and didn't see anything. And he looked down and didn't see anything. So he said, I, I have a feeling Sister Angie would do a much better job at dramatically reading this than I will. So anyway, so he, he didn't see anything. So he said, help, help, the sky is falling. Help, help, the sky is falling. I have to tell the king. And he went running down the road looking for the king. As he was running, he met Henny Penny. And Henny Penny said, Mark, 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 Mark. Am I doing all right? Hello, Chicken Little. What's wrong with you? And Chicken Little said, Oh, Henny Penny, haven't you heard? The sky is falling. I'm looking for the king. And Henny Penny said, Oh, my, how exciting. Mark, Mark. Can I go too? And they went down the road together shouting, Help, help, the sky is falling. Help, help, the sky is falling. We have to tell the king. After a while, they met Goosey Lucy. Honk, honk, hello, Chicken Little. Hello, Henny Penny, what's wrong with you? Oh, Goosey Lucy, haven't you heard? The sky is falling. We have to tell the king. Honk, honk, that's terrible. Honk, honk, can I go too? And they all went down the road together shouting, Help, help, the sky is falling. Help, help, the sky is falling. We have to tell the king. And along the road they met Turkey Lurkey. And Turkey Lurkey said, Gobble, gobble, gobble. Hello, Chicken Little. Hello, Henny Penny. Hello, Goosey Lucy. What in the world is wrong with you? Oh, Turkey Lurkey, haven't you heard? The sky is falling. The sky is falling. We're looking for the king. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Oh, that's terrible. Can I go too? And they all went down the road saying, Help, help, the sky is falling. Help, help, the sky is falling. We have to tell the king. And they went down the road and they met Foxy Loxy. And Foxy Loxy said, Hello, Chicken Little. Hello, Henny Penny. Hello, Goosey Lucy. What in the world is wrong with you? And they told him, oh, Foxy Loxy, haven't you heard? The sky is falling. We have to tell the king. Nothing easier, said Foxy Loxy. He's back there in my den. But the king doesn't like to feel crowded, so I better bring you in one by one. Now, who wants to go first? Everybody wanted to be the first to see the king, but the turkey was the biggest Gobble, 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 me first, I want to see the king. And he pushed everybody else away. Come with me, says Foxy Loxy. And they went into the hole together. Then there was a lot of squawking down there, and some feathers came flying out. And the fox called up, next. Honk, honk, me, I want to go, me, said Goosey Lucy. And she pushed her way in, more squawking, more feathers. And the fox said, next. Bark, 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 said Henny Penny, and she jumped in the hole, squawks, feathers, and then no sound at all. Right then, Chicken Little remembered it was his turn to take the garbage out, and he went home. So poor Chicken Little never got to see the king. I, I'm not here in the context of anything that I may say in this message today, 
to get involved in uh, politics and uh, uh, I guess politics may be the, 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 the most appropriate word. I'm not here to chime in with my opinions and my theories and whatever. So if you will hopefully hear and feel where I'm coming from today, but I, 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 I've been burdened the last week or so especially that if in fact, and, and there is a big part of me, no doubt a part of you that hopes we get through all of this without all of the expected uh, possible uh, uh, deaths and, and tragedies that, that we've been told could happen. But, but it also seems as though right now that where we are and the way it appears is it may not end up being as bad as we've been told it could be. I've watched over the last couple of weeks as I have run a couple of errands here and there, trying to maintain all of the proper precautions, now wearing my mask when I go out, but I've watched the last couple of weeks as, as now the traffic during the daytime, it's, it's not near normal, it's not back to normal, but I've watched as the volume of traffic has increased and 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 uh, the implication to me is that people are kind of looking at what's going on or in some ways the lack of what's going on and we know there's been protests going on and people want to get back to their freedoms and life as usual and all of that. The concern that I have felt the last week or so in my in my spirit is that once again we go through a circumstance and a situation that is a near miss. And so therefore our lives go back to the norm. We, we go back to life as usual and another appropriate uh, story that could fit into this message today is, is the story of the boy that cried wolf cried it so many times when there wasn't a wolf, as you know, finally he cries it and there was, but nobody comes. I want you to listen to what Second Peter chapter 3 says, beginning with verse number 1. The second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds, by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come, there shall come. It is is amazing to me how many things that we are dealing with today How many things we are facing in society today that in this old black book you can find that it was foretold long before it's ever happened. There is hardly anything, if anything, I'm not going to be so bold I guess as to make an absolute pronouncement, but I... I will tell you there's hardly anything, and and I can't think of anything, but there's hardly anything we're facing in our world today that you can't find in the Word of God, prophecies and things that foretold it was going to happen, it was going to come. So Peter is saying, remember the words that were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, Knowing this first, knowing this, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. That word scoffer is is a mocker. Those that that they're skeptic, they're cynical, they they don't believe it. And, And the reason Peter says they're doing this is because of their own lust. They want to live the way they want to live. They, they want to do what they want to do. They want life to be about them. And so therefore they are scoffers at what the Word of God says. Here's what they say. 
Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the, of the creation. For this they willingly, willingly, willingly are ignorant of that the, but that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which now, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. I know a thousand years is a lot longer than our lifetimes. I've, I've said it now a couple of times in these Saturday morning calls with, with the deacons. It's a weird feeling to me because on one hand, on Saturday morning when I sit down on that call, the, the week on one hand has drugged by. It has felt like, as many have said, and I'm thankful to know I'm not alone, the, the I read it, my dad shared it, I think I've already said this, but I read it again the other day on social media. It said something along the lines of what a unique leap year 2020 has been. We had 29 days in February, 300 days in March, and five years in April. And it really feels that way, keeping track of what day it is, what week, what month it is, 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 is becomes sort of hard to do. So I've sat down for these calls and on one hand it feels like so long ago and then on the other hand it's a weird feeling like I was just here. I was just sitting down for this call and that's what Peter is saying here. A thousand years to the Lord is like a day and a day is as a thousand years. Listen to what he says in verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. It will come. It will come. As a thief in the night, in the, he- in the which the heavens shall pass away in a great noise, and the, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned. Uh, it's probably not necessary, but I want to read one other translation just to give a little bit more flavor to what Peter is saying here. And I'm just going to read it from the Message Bible, verse 1. My dear friends, this is now the second time I've written to you. Both letters remind both letters reminders to hold your minds in a state of undistracted attention. Keep in mind what the holy prophet said and the command of our Master and Savior that was passed on by your apostles. First off, you need to know that in the last days, mockers are going to have a heyday, reducing everything to the level of their puny feelings. If there's ever been a day, and the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, and so I, I don't think there is, and, but somehow we feel like, or the perception can be, that what we face today is more difficult, more challenging than what's ever been faced. And so whether that's ultimately the case or not, the Bible does tell us that in the last days, mockers are going to have a heyday, reducing everything to the level of their puny feelings. Everything is about what they feel, what they prefer, what they desire. And so when the Word of God conflicts with that, when the Word of God contradicts what they want and what they want to do, then the easiest thing to do is just discount it all. It's to question it. It's to question God. So, what's happened to the promise of His coming, they'll say, 
Our ancestors are dead and buried and everything's going on just as it has from the first day of creation. Nothing's changed. We've, we've heard about it. We've heard about the coming of the Lord. We've heard about the last days. We've heard about the end times. We've, we've been through scares before. We've been told before the sky is falling. We've been told before you better get your house in order. We've been told before things are not good. Things are not going to get better. They're going to get worse. And yet somehow like Chicken Little the distractions have come along. And we've gone back to our lives and we've avoided another crisis. Or at least to the level of crisis we thought might come. We've been told from the days of creation. But our ancestors, they're now dead, they're now gone, and nothing has changed. They conveniently, they conveniently forget that long ago all the galaxies and this very planet were brought into existence out of watery chaos by God's Word. Then God's Word brought the chaos back in a flood that destroyed the world. The current galaxies and earth are fuel for the final fire. God is poised, ready to speak to His Word again, ready to give the signal for the judgment and destruction of the desecrating skeptics. It's interesting to me. you ever read the Message Bible? It's not the only translation that does this. Other translations as well, they will give a heading for a, a category for several verses of Scripture. It'll give a, a sort of a theme, I guess, for the upcoming verses. And 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 I found this to be very uh, interesting. The the theme for the next couple of verses here in Second Peter three, uh, according to the Message Bible, is the day the sky will collapse. The day the sky will collapse. Or say, don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. But verse 9, verse 9 tells us, why is it that, that we've gone through generation after generation without God coming back? We've gone through generation after generation without the rapture of the church. And, and so we can reach the point we've heard about it, but it hasn't happened and it's probably never going to happen. We've heard about the end times and things that were said they were signs that we were in the end times. And here we are, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years later. But why is that? Peter gives us the reason why. Because God isn't late with His promises as some men measure lateness. He is restraining Himself on account of you. Holding back the end because He doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. And so what the skeptic or the scoffer, the mocker counts as the Word of God being untrue, as the promises, the prophecies of the Word of God being untrue is a misinterpretation of the grace and the mercy of God. Walking after their own lusts, Adam Clark says this, here is the true source of all infidelity. Here, here's the bottom line of all unbelief. The gospel of Jesus is pure and holy and requires a holy heart and a holy life. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, not trying to be unkind or judgmental or critical today, but I'm not here to peddle you a cheap gospel today. I'm not here to send you some kind of, to sell you some kind of eBay deal. We got eBay, we got Facebook Marketplace, we've We've got, uh, we've got Craigslist. We've got all these ways to buy stuff for really cheap. And that's crept into the church. We try every way possible to sell a cheap and dumbed down gospel. Oh, I, I, my flesh, I'm going to say it this way, my flesh apologizes. 
because I'm quite sure in the midst of what we're dealing with, this is not, this is, I guess you can listen, is it 95.1 or 91.9? I forget which one is their theme. Positive, encouraging, and uplifting. You can listen to them when I get done, but I, 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 I'm here today to preach what I feel and what I believe that God has given me, whether it makes you feel better in the midst of this or not. Because at the end of the day, that's the bottom line. This is not all about feeling better here and now. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. You're going to go through difficulties. There's going to be challenges and trials. But He said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world because it's not about this life. Paul said, if you've got hope in this life, only you are of all men most miserable the gospel of Jesus is pure and holy and requires a holy heart and a holy life they wish to follow their own lusts and consequently cannot tolerate the restraints of the gospel therefore they labor to prove that it is not true that they may get rid of its injunctions and, and at least succeed in persuading themselves that it is a forgery and then throw the reins on the neck of their evil propensities. Thus their opposition to revealed truth began and ended in their own lust. James says, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is done, it's death. It's our own lust. It's our own lust that have caused the, 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 the uh, lawmakers of this nation to change laws. It's, it's our own lust that have caused Congress and the Senate, that caused our government to say things that this book says are sin. It's our, it's our own lust that have now caused it to change and say things are acceptable that the Word of God says are not acceptable. And oh, how sad it is that we so quickly misinterpret, misunderstand the mercy and the grace of God. Such ignorance as it is when people say, well, if, if the Word of God is true and of all that's really true, and if, it, if God really matters, then how come He hasn't punished? How, how come He hasn't done something about it? I read to you one of the explanations, and there's other things throughout Scripture. I believe it's in the book of Ezekiel, where the Lord speaks through the prophet and says, I don't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. God doesn't rejoice at the suffering of the, of the ungodly. God doesn't rejoice at the heartache and the pain of the sinner. God never looks down at the sinner and says, well, they got what they deserved. And so neither should we as believers. It is the long-suffering of God. It is the patience it is the grace of God. Again, the King James says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Again, please understand, I'm just trying to make a point today. I'm, I'm not here to get into some debate with somebody. I'm not here to give you my opinion per se. I'm, I'm just trying in the context of where we are and what I feel that the Lord has given me today. Obviously, we are in circumstances that many of us or all of us can relate to right now. I believe it was last month, if I'm not mistaken, Maryland in Maryland alone, the, the number of beds provided to deal with those dealing with COVID-19 was increased to 6,700. I, I read this morning and trying to just see if I could get an idea, but as of about a week ago, according to what I read online today, there's, there's, there was less than, still less than 1,500 people that were hospitalized because of, currently hospitalized because of the flu because of the virus. We've heard several times reference now about the Spanish flu, especially in comparison to what we're dealing with right now. Spanish flu of 1918, I believe it was, 500 million people were infected worldwide. 20 to 50 million people died 
in October, in the month of October, just the month of October, in just the United States, 195,000 Americans died from the Spanish flu. Our numbers have nowhere come close to that. And, 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 and it sounds like a bunch of places are saying we've, we've flattened the curve. And so, you know, again, I, I, I'm trying not to get into stuff that can stir up debate. But uh, the, I, I guess to me, I'm just speaking for myself. You have to step back and say, well, was all this uh, over-dramatized and it really wasn't a big deal? Or do you look at it and say the reason it hasn't gotten as bad as they said it would is because of the precautions that were taken and, and, and therefore, we have, we have been able to avoid the potential that we thought might happen. I, I, it doesn't really matter. That's not even the answer to that, to me at least, is, is really not that important because, because there's a greater point, there's a greater concern, because it's not just COVID-19. We've been through things before. We've been through and we will go through things again that somebody's going to tell us the sky is falling and it's the end. It's all over with and there's a good chance that there's going to be more things that come in our future that pass. And if we're not careful, we can get the attitude of those that Peter was talking about and say, where is the promise of His coming? Where is the return of Jesus? Does it really matter? Is the Word of God really true? Do we really have to live by what it says? Jude says this, verse 17. There's only one chapter in Jude, so Jude 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. Oh God, how sad it is when we who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ we who have been born again allow those that are living according to their own sensual lusts and desires to determine what we believe the truth of the Word of God is. Again, Peter says it. Jude says it. There's other places throughout Scripture that it's, it's either said clearly or alluded to that in the last days there was going to be scoffers. There was going to be mockers. My burden today is not as much the scoffers and the mockers as it is for those of you that may be watching today that there's a, there's a callousness that develops every time. See, I, 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 I believe and I believe this because I think I've seen Numerous times throughout my life, especially throughout my ministry, I've seen where people have gone through, especially people that their relationship with God wasn't exactly where it should be. And, and maybe it was somebody who had once walked with the Lord and had wandered away and, and, and like the prodigal son had gone back to living how they wanted to live. And, and I've watched several times, there's a couple of situations that come to mind that, that, that I'm not going to tell them out of, out of respect to the people that they, they are the ones that I, I've watched go through this, but they, either themselves have been through some kind of tragedy or scare, or one of their family members with a near-death experience. And, and a couple of times I've had them where they've, where they've told me face-to-face how shook they were because of what they went through. And now I'm, I'm getting everything on track, Brother Ryder. I'm ready to live for God with everything I've got. I'm going all in with it. I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not, and I watch as for several weeks or months, maybe, maybe sometimes a little bit more than that, I watch as it lasts. But I've watched time and time and time again. The further you get from the crisis, the further you get from the tragedy that you went through that 
motivated you to make this change the the less impact that has on you. You find yourself going back to the ways that you said you'd never go back to. That's why I think the idea of a second honeymoon. You've been married long enough, you probably need a 20th honeymoon. Because if we're not careful, the feelings of love and the butterflies and all of that as we go through life, as we deal with the challenges of relationships and then kids come along and we deal with the challenges of parenting, the, the, the love between the, the husband and wife can wane and, 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 it, and it can die out and it's got to be rekindled. Is that not what one of the messages was to one of the seven churches in the book of Revelation? You've left your first love. You left your first... I don't want to give you another tragedy. I don't, want to, I don't want another crisis to get your attention. I just want you to go back to your first love. So what the Scripture says in John chapter 3 and verse number 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 says this. This ties in with, what, with the verse 9 of what Peter said, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. I think a, I, I think a good parent, and this is obviously my opinion, but I, I think a good parent, especially when it comes to smaller children, I, I don't think a good parent instantly punishes or disciplines a child every single time they do something wrong right off the bat. I think, I think oftentimes there's a, don't do that, stop, I said don't do that. And, and, and oftentimes there's a couple of warnings and, and a couple of admonitions that are given and, and, and the child it can, can mistake that for the fact that the parent is not serious when, when in fact really what's happening is patience. What's happening is sentence against an evil work is not being executed speedily. I don't know how many times I've told this story now in my preaching and teaching over the last couple of decades, but Esther was about three or four years old, two to four years old, I think, somewhere in that range. And we were sitting there, I, I don't remember, I think Timothy may have been an infant, he was not born yet or he was just an infant, so she was she was very young and we were sitting at dinner one evening, and, and uh, my wife and Elizabeth and Esther and Timothy, if he was there, was probably just in a car seat or something. But I, I don't remember what she was doing, but Esther was doing something. I think it had to do with her food or something. And, and it was very funny. And Elizabeth and, and, and Angie and I were all three cracking up laughing. And, uh, and, and she did it a couple times, and we laughed. But then it, you know, it was time to stop. And I told her, stop. And she did it again, and I laughed again. And I said, stop. She did it again, and I laughed again. I think sometimes, a couple of times I was saying, stop, while I was laughing. And I finally said, I will spank you while I'm laughing. But I said, stop. It, it wasn't because I wasn't serious. It wasn't because I... I, I didn't mean what I was saying, but, but, but we have a loving Father. I, I, I see plenty of evidence in Scripture where He doesn't zap somebody the first time they fall and the first time they make a mistake, but, but he, he warns them, He instructs them, He directs them to try to make a change. But oh, what a tragedy when we count the long-suffering of God as the fact that the Word of God really isn't true. It doesn't really mean what it says. I, I don't have to live by... God's not going to do what He said. I, I, I promise you, this is so 
so far from anything I would have preferred to preach this morning in a season like we're in. But again, I just I haven't been able to get away from it the last couple of weeks. If you're, if you're not a Christian and you're, you're watching by chance today, maybe you come across this in the future, I, I, I appeal to you today, don't judge the Word of God and the truthfulness of the Word of God by society, by what society does or does not do, by what society says or doesn't say. Romans chapter 1, is a, it's, a, it's a very sobering passage of Scripture. It's in, that, it's in that chapter where Paul talks about the fact that if, if you basically, if you prove to God enough that you want to live your own way and do your own thing, that, that you will get to the point where He will leave you alone. You see, I... I all of us adults, unless you are just uh, the absolute exception to the rule, all of us adults have experienced areas in our lives where, where we've gotten more and more comfortable with doing something that at first we were told and believed was a sin and was wrong. And, and, and you do it the first time and, and there's guilt and condemnation and hopefully more so conviction that leads to repentance and, and you work through that and you feel better and you do better for a while, but then you go back to it and, and, and you do it again and again. There's those feelings and hopefully you work through it. But every time you go back and do the same thing over and over again that you know you should not be doing according to the Word of God, every time you do that, the, the, the conscience, that voice, that God-given voice, gets a little more quiet Comes eventually nothing more than just a faint whisper, and then eventually it doesn't even speak. Because in Romans 1, it says that they reached the point that God basically, and I'm paraphrasing at least the King James, God basically said, If that's what you want to do and that's how you want to live, I am not only going to let you live that way, I'm going to take off all the guilt and condemnation and conviction. I'm going to let you do what you want to do without any feelings of regret or shame. And all of that is motivated by our lusts. All of that is motivated by our own selfish desires. See, I... I, I'm, I'm going to keep, by the help of the Lord, I'm, I'm, whether it's in some daily videos or next Thursday or next Sunday, ever how long we continue in all of this, I hope and pray that I'll get to keep teaching and preaching some positive and encouraging things and, and, and reminding you about the peace of God and God is in control and, and all of those wonderful things which really are the case. But at the end of the day, this is not all about this life. Listening, one of the groups I've uh, listened to all my life, my parents listened to them when I was a kid, and obviously the, the uh, participants in the group have changed through the years many times, but it's, it's the Gaither vocal band. And as I've said numerous times, I, I, like, I like from uh, Southern Gospel music to black gospel, that's the extreme. That's my range. Some of you maybe go beyond and you're into Christian rock and all that stuff. That's that's not for me. But I, I like I like that and, and, and CCM, contemporary Christian. I like it all. I listen to it all. So the other day as I was working and doing some things around the house, I came across... Uh, the, the latest Gaither vocal band album. I actually haven't listened to any of their newer stuff over the last several years. I, I like some of the older groups and the older singers that were in it. Um, but but I, I, was, I, I came across it and I started listening and got several songs that I really like. But there's one of them. I don't really like the song necessarily, but the gist of the song is, I thought getting older would take a whole lot longer than it did. It's actually kind of depressing, really. 
I thought getting older would take a whole lot longer than it did. I, I got a feeling if I was watching right now with some of you, I, I could see some thumbs up scrolling up on Facebook. Because no, I know I'm not the only one. I, I, I don't know how it is I've got three young adults living in my house. I, I don't understand how it is that my youngest is 17 years old. I, I, don't understand, I don't understand that I am a couple of months away from 49 years old. I, I can't believe the fact that I am just over a year away from turning 50. That does not compute. This is all a vapor. It's all a vapor. Because it's not all about this. It's not all about here and now. It's, it's not all about a nice, lovely, wonderful, pain-free, problem-free life here and now. Paul said it. That everything we are dealing with, if we look at it the right way, it is temporal. And so we don't look at the temporal, but we look at the things that are not seen because they are eternal. And he says that everything that we go through, every problem is just light affliction. It's just a minor deal. And the reason is, is because it's working for an eternal weight of glory. God's goal is not just to make here and now your best life. That's not God's goal. God's goal is for you to have the best eternity. God's goal is about eternity for you and for me. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren... You have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. When they've when they've gone through another crisis, when they've gone through another challenging situation, and 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 and, this, and we we brush the sweat away, well, we we avoided another one. You know why people end up dying in 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 in, in uh, uh, accidents um, uh, such as climbing accidents or or some kind of an accident that is involved in in a in a purposeful. Uh, choice for some kind of physical activity because we, we push the limits I forget who all it was, a couple of people just in the last couple of months I think, maybe it was in the last couple of years I don't know now <laughs> but we're talking about a couple of people that have been skydiving and man I did it I, I did it so good. I want to go do it again, I'm like you know, you're, you're crazy every time you do it you increase the odds. It's not going to work. You ought to think, be thankful you jumped the parachute work and it, it was all good. Not going to try it again. That's just my opinion. But that's, that's the mentality where we dodged another bullet. If it so happens that the way it appears, and again, I'm not minimizing the, the virus. I've heard from enough healthcare professionals to know it's a serious deal. I'm, I'm not detracting from it at all. But if we, if we, if we get by without the, 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 the drast consequences we've been told might happen, if all we do is go, well, we dodged another bullet, let's go back to life, living this life here and now, oh, we have, it's such a tragedy. And they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of the light, or children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep 
as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us don't settle in to say, you know what, life is going to continue on. Life is going to go on as usual. Things are not really ever going to get that bad. But he says, you brethren, you ought to know, you ought to be able to recognize I, I, I guess the bottom line, in case you're not hearing it, I'm not here today preaching a message of doom and gloom about where we are right now in this world. I, I'm not here preaching to you that COVID-19 is the end of the world. In fact, I, I guess I'll just put myself out there just to say it seems to me, feels to me, that, that we're going to move through this and, and move through it without some of the, uh, quite the consequences. And as many have said, for anyone who who's lost a loved one as a result of this, it's a major tragedy. But what happens in a couple of months? What happens in a couple... I've heard varying opinions. I I know there are people that think that it's going to take people a long time to to get comfortable and get back to life as normal when we're we're given the permission by the government to... uh, I know there's people that they're going to keep wearing their mask, and I know there's people that are going to avoid gatherings, but I, I also think there's going to be a lot of people that as soon as the green light's given, they're, they're back to life. I was thinking the other morning, I don't know why I was thinking about it, but the thought crossed my mind. I don't think it was necessarily the Lord, maybe it was, but I was just thinking I, I, when all of this ends per se, or at least again when when the restrictions are lifted, I, I think it's going to be kind of like the way people enter the swimming pool. I think there's going to be some people that the way they're going to get back to their life is they're going to step in that first step until they get comfortable there. Their ankles aren't cold anymore. And they're going to take the next step, get it up to their knees, and work their way in until they get more and more comfortable. And then I'm convinced there's going to be people, and I hope you don't judge me wrongly for this. I have my mask over there. I will put it on when I'm done. We are social distancing. We've got ten people in the building. When I came into the sanctuary up to the platform, uh, Sister Tashir exited and left the building. So we're doing all that. We're going to keep doing all that. But then there's going to be other people, and I'm sorry, I'm going to be one. Uh, Hopefully not ignorance, but faith that this is the way I'm going. I'm tired of all this mess. The end of the day, I think there's enough history, natural history, and I think there's also enough, some of what I've read to you today, biblical principle, biblical basis, to demonstrate the fact the farther we get away from the crisis, the only thing that really impacted us was the crisis. You see, I I think this is the deal from the perspective of a believer. Is that when we go through things like this, it's only supposed to be an indicator to say, you're getting close. A reminder that this isn't what it's all about. It's not intended to be a, a scare. Four kids birthed in my household, my wife. Every time, if I'm not mistaken, I know at least a couple times. Prior to the time of birth, there was what we call false labor. I don't know of any woman, I don't know of any woman who was pregnant and that at seven, eight months who started having false labor that when that false labor stopped that they threw up their hands and said well, I guess I wasn't pregnant may have been some disappointment, although if it was too soon, there's not disappointment, there's relief. Absolutely not, because there, you see there's, there's, a, there's a flip side positive to false labor. 
that is every time it happens it's because you're getting closer to the time and and that's why there's a positive side that could be preached as well to all of this. We, we've been through some great times. We've, we've been through some times where we've gotten a taste of some things spiritually, but it wasn't quite time yet. But we don't throw up our hands and say it's never going to happen. We just understand it's not quite due date. To the believer, Paul says, you, you shouldn't have to have you should know you should be preparing you should be living in a way we we sung the song I preached the message about it several months ago I think it was but we we sing the song sometime one day Jesus will call my name as the days go by I hope I don't stay the same I want to get so close that there's no big change on the day that Jesus calls my name. See, ultimately, as a believer, that's really what it ought to be about. But there's no big change. There, there's no drastic change in my life because of a crisis. I, suddenly, God now has my attention, and now I'm praying, and now I'm fasting, and now I'm reading my Bible because of... No, no, no. For the believer, I taught it several weeks ago on a Thursday night. For the believer, it it ought to be like Enoch where you're just faithfully consistently walking with God because you have a relationship with God. You've got to walk with God. And so there are all kinds of things that you do as a part of that. You, You don't need a scare. You don't need a crisis. I... And this is not a prophetic statement. This is my personal perspective. I I don't think the sky is falling. At least not today. You know, there's another part of that story which really wasn't the focus. Turkey, the hen, lost their lives middle of it because if there's always something else oh how the devil works the same way he wants us to have distractions so that in the middle of a distraction he can he can get a foothold in our lives he 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 wants us to get our attention diverted and while our attention is focused on something else he just kind of sneaks his way in i beg you today don't, don't count the long-suffering of God as the fact that God doesn't mean what He says. Don't, don't count the fact that we're still here in 2020 and, and there's a lot of believers and I grew up as one of them. It may sound trite to say it, but I, I grew up thinking, honestly thinking, that I'd never finish high school or college I honestly truly thought I'd never get married much less have children much less see my children go into adults because Jesus was coming and we were expecting Jesus to come and here I am I've been through all of those milestones and there's a chance there's a few other things that I never thought I'd experience that may very well happen in my lifetime but a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. Don't don't misinterpret what may appear to be delay as the same thing as meaning it's not true. Those that are living in their own lust, those that are living motivated by their lust, That's what it's going to be the evidence. I knew it wasn't real. I knew it wasn't true. So why should I worry? Why should I worry with God? Why why should I worry with Christianity? Why should I worry about a relationship with God? We've heard it before and it hasn't happened. God, I pray today. I pray, God, that while we are in a crisis, and as I've just preached, I not praying for the crisis to be the motivator, but I I pray that in the time of this crisis, as, as we are most of us forced into a position, a condition of, of, of isolation or being more alone than usual, 
God, let there be something deep that happens in our hearts and our spirits. Oh, God, I pray today that there would be a fresh spirit of conviction that would settle upon every person that's listening right now, that would settle into every home and every family that may be watching right now. I pray, God, that there would be a renewed, a renewing of the fear of the Lord. It's not something to be avoided, God. It's not something that's oppressive something that produces positive things in our lives in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I I know I know we're still in unusual times and I think some of you are more comfortable now than in the beginning praying and worshiping and all of that where you are at home but maybe this morning just another dimension just another level I I know this hasn't really been the, the, the kind of ministry the last several months I understand that but oh I beg you today and those of you that are watching or listening that I'm your pastor I plead with you right now Would you just allow the Spirit of the Lord to settle in where you are right now and let something be stirred. Maybe maybe you're on a path that you're becoming a scoffer. Maybe you're on the path to becoming a mocker because you're getting cynical. I've heard it. I've heard it preached. I've heard it taught, but I haven't seen it. Would you let the Lord recalibrate your thinking today? rather than interpreting those things as the fact that they're not true and it's not going to happen, would you let the grace of God work right now? Would you let the grace and the mercy of God stir something fresh and new today? God, I'm I'm no different than anyone else. I've got natural desires. I've got preferences for my life. I don't want pain and problems. I I don't want to be in the crisis that we're in. I don't want to be dealing with what we're dealing with right now. But God, I also know I don't always remember it the way I should. But it's not all about this life here and now. It's not about the temporal. You're trying to work in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. God, I pray for those that are watching right now. God, that you would help us today once again not to look at the things that are seen, but to look at the things which are not seen because everything we can see, everything we're going through right now ultimately is temporal. But there is an eternal dimension. There is an eternity we've all going to enter into one day help us help us help us today God help us today help us today help us today Lord help us today Lord in the name of Jesus let mercy and grace work let us be like what Solomon said and because sentence against our sins is not executed speedily that we take that as you don't care or it's not a big deal or it's okay but oh God give us a fresh revelation of your grace and your mercy it's your loving kindness and your patience is not your approval but it's because of the fact you want us you desire for us to come to a place of repentance. You, you desire for us to come to a place of change and transformation in our lives. And that's why you're patient. That's why you're long-suffering. It's not because your word isn't true. It's not because your promises aren't true. It's because you're just that long-suffering and patient and kind that you are willing to take the chance that we will interpret your patience as a lack of caring or the fact that it's not true. Help us, Holy Ghost. Help us, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I, I know I, at least it feels to me like I do a lot, reference songs, especially old songs, but this seems to work. There's, there's a one we used to sing that says, Far above all else. Far above all else. I've got to be saved. Far above natural success. Far above living in a nice house and driving a nice car. Far above going on great vacations. Far above having lots of money in the bank. Far above having the recognition of this world. Far far above all else. Far above all else. I've got to be saved. So whatever. Oh, that's, that's a... I hate to say it this way, but that's a little bit of a dangerous prayer to pray. But oh, what a prayer that should be prayed. Whatever you have to do to me. Whatever you've got to do to me, Jesus, don't let me be lost. Whatever adjustments have got to come in my mind, in my spirit, in my attitude, in my life. Whatever's got to change, don't let me be lost, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, help us today. These unusual times, in these unusual circumstances, let there be a divine work of your Spirit in our hearts and our lives. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus and I'm sorry Lord for the things I've made it it's all about you 
It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Oh, it's all about you, Jesus. all about you it's all about you all about you it's all about you it's all about you hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. To all of you that have joined this morning. Even though we can't see you from here, we are. I am very thankful to you for taking the time of being part of this service this morning. God bless you. Hopefully you will join us again this evening beginning at 6 p.m.